Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 341, covering Dawn and Stigma, with Terry Drozdak. Hi, friends. We're angry this time. Uh Uh-huh, we sure are. Theodore, you're angry too, right? I'm a little angry. Just a little? A little bit country? It's just Star Trek. It's not just Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. We're going to get hate mail. We've got we've got so much history now, though. Yes. Spoken, Spoken like someone who's not chained to this show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like like all the other regular guests, you only have to do this two more times. Yeah. Exactly. And then you're free. Free. We have to do this 60-some more times. Oh, do, am I not invi- invited back for Discovery? Uh, no, you are. Okay. I'm saying this. Oh, that's how many enterprises thing. we have left. Yeah. This, yeah. this horrible, horrible thing. Uh, well, there's almost exactly 100 episodes, so it's easy to think in terms of percentage. It's mm-hmm. 98 episodes. And we are not halfway through yet. Ah. No. So... Well, I feel bad for you guys. As well you should. Mm-hmm. Pray for us. Please. Yes. Or whatever whatever your I'll, equivalent. I'll meditate of. for you. There you go. Got to work in a reference to your meditation. <laughs> <laughs> Tidro is smug meditation friend. Yeah, it just keeps turning into this, angry this naps, year. though. Well, that's true. Does it turn into angry naps? Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Amanda's master of the angry nap. <laughs> that doesn't surprise you at all, does it? Nope. Of course. That's everything I know about Amanda. Yep. Likes to sleep, is angry. Yep. That's basically it. <laughs> so, Deidre, I don't think, like, usually I start by saying, why, why did you pick this one? You picked this one because you happened to be at my house. Uh, yes. And we were like, it, it would be fun for you to record while you're visiting here on vacation. Yes. So, and uh, so I'm actually here, here, instead yeah. of in mm-hmm. my closet at home. Yeah. Right. So, so there won't be any cats. There's, there should not be any cats. No. Well, none owned by her. Yeah, there might be a cat wander by my window or a squirrel. Then I'm, I cannot promise I won't be very distracted if that happens. I understand. <laughs> There's also the, the distinct possibility of my wife's cat. Well, I mean, to be completely fair, these episodes, neither of them are hugely compelling. No. A cute animal is much preferable to any, basically anything Enterprise can do, except when Enterprise shows me a cute animal. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's the only time it really holds my attention. <laughs> like Porthos or Trip. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes one of um, one of Flox's menagerie. Uh huh. That's fine too. That's about it, though. Yeah. All right. So my the first one is my one for some reason. So mm-hmm. why don't I tell you what happens in Dawn? Dawn. Dawn. Someone somewhere is using a shuttle, and we know what that means. They're gonna crash land someplace with no hope of escape. This week's victim is Trip. There's a lot of Trip in this one. Trip trying to fix the shuttle. Trip muttering colorful southern expressions to himself while he tries to fix the shuttle. Trip taking his shirt off while he mutters to himself and tries to fix the shuttle. In fairness, we went an entire episode without that happening, so it was clearly long overdue. And Trip making reluctant friends with an alien who's also stranded on the planet. Like in that movie. And that other movie. And half a dozen episodes of Star Trek. The Centurion Bakra to Trip's Geordi is called Jokan, and they spend a good amount of the episode taking turns holding each other prisoner, fighting, and just generally being dicks to one another. They don't kiss at the end, though, because boys don't kiss boys in Star Trek. Don't be weird. 
Trip and Jokan never actually learn each other's languages, despite Trip's best efforts, which consist of, you guessed it, talking very loudly and very slowly. <laughs> Who needs a universal translator when you have a centuries-long tradition of being an ugly American? Well, a fairly attractive <gasps> ugly American. Anyway, the two dudes nearly die on this moon, which has the strange property of looking very cool in wide shots and really cheap in close-ups. <laughs> this universe is truly filled with unfathomable wonders. <laughs> Meanwhile, upstairs on the Enterprise, Archer actually kind of diplomacies with the captain of the other dude's ship, which seems a bit out of character at this point, I know, but it turns out these guys hate Vulcans, so I guess that gives them something to bond over. Trip escapes with his new friend and eventually puts on a shirt. But the real miracle was that I didn't have one of my two throwing-related reactions to this episode. It didn't make me want to throw anything at the TV or throw up. We got a streak going. Surely the next episode will continue this momentum, right? Right? <coughs> I'm going to spoil the second half of this episode of Post-Atomic Horror and say no, the streak does not continue. More details in about half an hour. <laughs> Here's a flash forward to what's going to happen. Ah! <laughs> doodly 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 oh god <laughs> we'll get that the next episode is infamous among among the fans once again the the producers think they did a great job and the fans disagree but we'll get there when we get there. man pat that back harder will you mm-hmm don't break your arm mm-hmm or break your arm i don't fucking care yeah. whatever at this point you deserve it now this this one i thought matt would like like you and I watched it together here, Tidro, and yeah. we're like, Matt's going to love this one. It's all about Trip being charming. It's so it's so much Trip and so much of Trip. You can just see lots of him. And then I, I so I told that to Matt, and then he watched it, and he's like, yeah, it was all right. I, the thing is, if I had watched this episode in a vacuum, I'd probably enjoy it a lot more, but I mean, this is in my bad- In the episode order we got, yeah. yeah it, I mean, this is my bad thing. Is Trip not the most shipwrecked motherfucker in all of Starfleet? Like, every week with this fucking guy. Well, like I pointed out in my Bring summer, a backpack everyone, with you. Jesus everyone, Christ. Everyone crashes shuttles. Like, shuttles can't go anywhere. No. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. Specifically, Trip has this problem more than anybody like, else. Like, Trip, do you know how to drive? I mean, not really. <laughs> I, don't, tell, don't tell nobody. I snuck into Starfleet. <laughs> the thing is, it's such a repetitive story, and you haven't, and we were talking, and Matt hasn't even seen en Enemy Mine. No. Right. Which is the movie that I, I had mentioned is like the sort of the uber example of a human and an alien stranded on a planet together. But Star Trek has stolen from that so many times. Yeah. Like everybody who's ever worked on Star Trek is just, just like, hey, that's a great fucking idea. Let's do that. We got access to aliens. Yeah. <laughs> I, there was also a bit of Darmok in here, I would say. Yep. No, I was but, definitely thinking of Darmok when this episode was going. Just yeah. Without but, the invisible monster or the poems. Also a better episode. Uh huh. Yeah. Much better. The, the very slight twist on this one that made it a little different was this dude actually shot Trip down. Yep. Like, they're not stranded there because both of them were affected by the same outside source. They're there because one of them hurt the other one. Yep. So that makes it a little different, but not really. <laughs> because Enterprise accidentally stumbled into someone else's backyard again. Yeah. Guys, guys, it's cool that you want to own chunks of space. Put a fucking fence up. Yeah, there needs to be more clearly. I mean, obviously... You, you can't put up a sign in space. Not not one that you could see unless you're I mean, on the right plane. You can if it's but, a very big sign. But maybe. That like, yells. I mean, Star a big round sign. Mm -hmm. Starfleet. and Well, no, it'd have to be spherical. It has yes. to be 3D. Yes. But Starfleet's always, like, and the Romulans always knew where the where the neutral zone was. So clearly there's a way. Well, the, mm -hmm. the way to identify the neutral zone is to find the long line of Romulan ships waiting for anyone to fly through it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's supposed to be the middle, but they're just waiting. Mm-hmm. 
Correct. Well, since we're doing bad things, Tidro, what do you got? Um, oh, uh, and this is a thing in like a lot of sci-fi, but apparently all mechanical systems work together no matter what alien species made them. I mean, mm-hmm. there's these two completely different species and they have crashed ships and Trip can just make it work with the other guy's ship parts. Yeah, while, while they're both crashed, he's like trying to mash their two things together. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about all, all technology in Star Trek is that it's all plug and play. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the U in USB means universal, and that doesn't just mean on Earth. No, that means universal everywhere. literally. It actually Everyone means in the universe other universes, too. What's that? It actually means other universes, too. Oh, so like mirror USB? Yep, you can plug yeah. it in on Nazi planet. Oh, nice. And mirror USB, do you have to flip it around like seven times instead of three? No, mirror yeah. USB goes in the first time. Oh, my wow. God. I to live in the mirror universe. Do you want to trade like horrible living conditions and, and the fact that the earth is a, you know, a totalitarian nightmare just to have USB work better? I, that's, I'd think about it real hard. Okay, <clears throat> fair enough. I mean, uh, on that 18th thing. twist, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I someone I saw a meme when going around some time ago that said USB works in like five dimensional space. <laughs> so even though you've already put it in that way, somehow you're turning it in some way you can't see. <laughs> so yeah, uh, my bad thing was okay. So we got the standard plot of the two guys stranded on the planet, and one of them captures one, and then one of them captures the other, and then they become friends, but then they fight again, and we get to the like near the end where they have a fist fight. Mm-hmm. And it lasts about as long as the infamous alley fight in They Live. Yeah. This fight goes on forever. And by the end, they're sort of batting ineffectually at well, each that, other like tod- like tired toddlers. That I thought was fun. <laughs> I, I love whenever two people beat the shit out of each other so much that they can't beat the shit out of each other anymore. Because, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they start out as like strapping athletic dudes, like punching each other. But by the end, they're just like, Ugh, Fu- uh, fuck you. Yeah. No. fuck you (laughs) yep that's that's how that went yeah that's uh, that but i'm typically bored by star trek like this star trek's action they're not very good at it i will say they're not good at engaging me in it i will say this at no point in that fight did anyone jump in the air kick somebody and then fall down which is a standard (laughs) of star trek fights i wish if he had done that or the two-fisted kirk punch yep that would have made it more interesting and they were two-fisted Kirk punching as recently as fucking Voyager. That's true, but maybe it hasn't been invented yet chronologically. I mean, well, Kirk invented it, so that makes sense. I'm, that doesn't, not necessarily. I could see them retconning the trip invented this way of punching that Kirk then used. It's how you punch. No <laughs> one punches like that. It's how we punch in Florida. No, it isn't. It, it probably is. Stop <laughs> making up lies. <laughs> I keep wanting to put Trip into the good place in place of uh, Jason Mendoza. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Which I'm not going to spoil anything for the good place, but there is a Florida man in it. He's still Florida. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. yelling, and I thought I should be yelling, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, yep. Pikachu. And it was dope. <laughs> yep. That's my boy, Pillboy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Uh- <laughs> Uh, Matt, what'd you have for a good thing? Uh, I really like the alien spit powers. I thought they looked real cool. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't mention this in my summary. So uh, tell the people what. I mean, Trip hurts himself at some point, probably by chasing a can down the street or something. Mm-hmm. And fucking the alien just sprays spit all over his arm, and it heals up real quick. And then they're when they're in a fight, he see he spits it in, in his face. Yeah, the, the first it's like a cobra the, spit. 
the first time you do it, you think it's like a cobra thing because mm. he's got a real lizardy vibe to him. I like the design of the alien and oh, the guy playing him. A lizard of some sort. Well, the the design was good, but also the the dude playing him did a lot of good body language. Like yes. he had a cool hel- head tilt that was very snaky. Yep. Yeah, and he crawled around on all fours like a lizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like he really he wasn't just a guy in a rubber mask. He was trying to play up the the animal that he was supposed to be. Yeah, like, which was cool. But when he spit on him, it's like, oh shit! Is he is his hand gonna melt off? And he was healing him that time. I just he got this hand thing. back. Yeah. <laughs> Did he? It was invisible for a little bit. Oh, crap. That's right. All, I forget all the dumb stuff that happens to Trip because there's so much of it. <laughs> Everyone's always trying to take my hand away, and I need it. <laughs> what am I, a Skywalker? <laughs> trip Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I tripped while I was Skywalking. Ugh. I was going to go to the Tashi Stig and pick, pick up some power converters. <laughs> for his boat. For his boat, exactly. I can't get my boat to work on this desert planet, and I don't know why. <laughs> We're just not evaporating enough moisture for me to <laughs> put my boat out. Uncle Owen! <laughs> Ain't Baru! <laughs> Give me some more of that blue milk! <laughs> yep, that fits. You could basically just put... We've now inserted Trip into two different things that At least fits two perfectly. so far. I mean, to do two yep. today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, in this episode. Yeah. We could, he just fits everywhere. He's, He's one of those universal man. character types. <laughs> He's like a he's like a Hitchcock everyman. Yeah, it's he's every like, trip. He's like the Jimmy Stewart character, and and you know, just like oh no, there's a plane. Well, that was Cary Grant, but you know what I mean. Oh shit, there's birds. A- <laughs> 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 that, you just summarized the plot of the birds. Oh shit, birds. <laughs> so don't no need for anyone know. to watch that movie. Yeah, no, that's spoiled now. <laughs> also, the plot to Jurassic Park. Oh shit, dinosaurs. Yep. Done. Uh, Tidra, what do you got for a good thing? Um, the Enterprise made a friend. Yeah, they did. Archer actually did diplomacy. Indeed properly. he did. He did. Yeah, they actually, like, by the end, they were like, well, now we are friends. Now yeah. I'm, I'm going to say uh, he did that diplomacy on easy mode, but still, good step in the well, right direction. He didn't, he didn't let his dog pee on anything. No. This is great. <laughs> this is the bar we're judging him on. Yes. Not letting well, his dog pee on the things. dog didn't pee on these guys, so therefore he's a good diplomat. Yeah, good work, wow. pal. You get he a gold star. Any holy, any holy uh, relics or anything? You know, I know. It's no, it, Archer. But, but and we're gonna get to this way more in the next episode. It was built on his hatred of Vulcans. Seriously, mm-hmm. yeah. That's like I said in my summary. That's what these two have in common. Is they also hate Vulcans. I hate that. You have a Vulcan have on something your else ship. In common, right? Aren't they What's the worst? That? Yeah. It's pretty terrible. Uh, uh, my good thing, and mm-hmm. we already talked about this. I like the actor who played uh, Trip's alien friend. Yeah, Snakefish. Yeah, and if you're gonna do mostly a two-hander where it's two characters interacting for most of the episode, the like, first of all, pick the best guy you have in your in your cast. Which mm-hmm. this is one of the best guys they have, so that's yep. good. And you have to have a really strong guest star that can play off him, and they did that. He <laughs> is. He was definitely like the top middle tier of guest stars. The or lower, upper tier. It depends. <laughs> if you're judging all of Star Trek, yeah. then I understand you sort of hedging like yeah. that. But in Enterprise, he's oh, in one Enterprise, of the best ones. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Just straight up one of the best ones. Yeah. I mean, I know a couple that are coming up later that might be better. Brent Spiner shows up at some point. He'll be pretty good, probably. Will he? Well, I, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Who Playing Noonien's son's dad, Funyan Sung. No, no, they have to be named after, like, uh, genocidal maniacs, so he's, like, Adolf soon. Yeah. 
I mean, Khan Noonien Singh. Uh huh. Noonien Soong. They get, they get the same name, basically. You know what? You, you know Gene. When he found something he liked, he stuck with it. Nah, we can't. Unless blame it was Gene. wives. Actually, yeah, we might be able to blame Gene on that one. Fuck it, let's blame Gene. Yeah, we haven't blamed Gene on for something in a while. Yeah, and his scrambled <laughs> egg shirts. That's a pa tradition here. Of course, it's a yeah. Uh, what else? Let's take a look at the old extensive list of notes. <laughs> I did like it when Archer came to to Paul's. Um, like, uh, I don't know. He was like, she's my Vulcan. Nobody else gets to be mean to her. Yep, that did sounds about that? right. Yeah, he totally did. No, oh. I I'll give it. I'll give him half credit for that. Yeah. I don't know. I just have a note here that says Trip takes off his shirt. Take a drink. <laughs> well, yeah. That's how I got through the episode. We're, we're all real sick of that. I think <laughs> it's a it's a mixed blessing. Yeah. He is him with his shirt off is not unattractive. I think we all agree on that. Yeah. But the, it's, yeah, it's the gross show they... needs to stop making everyone get naked every goddamn week. Yes, I'm going to say sexy. this. He took off his shirt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shirtless trip is still better than um, wrestling, wrestling singlet trip. That's true. Although in this one, um, he had his jumpsuit, like, because it's a, it's a onesie jumpsuit on the outside. Uh-huh. And then they have, like, their undershirts and stuff. So the, the jumpsuit sort of, like, the top part down made it look like he was wearing overalls. Anybody else yeah. want to see Trip stranded in space with two robots? Ah, uh, yeah, that'd be pretty good. <laughs> that'd be all right. This week we're watching Manos, <laughs> Hands of Fate. <laughs> Look out for his hands of fate. <laughs> I don't want to say the, la- the that the writing was lazy in this episode, but uh, there was a line the the line the actual line. Don't die on me now is in this episode. <laughs> That's one of those just you're done. Yeah. That's like final draft says, yeah. it looks like you were writing a screenplay. Would you like to use the line, don't die on me now? <laughs> yeah. Just not great. You're correct. <laughs> what else? I love uh, the scene where Tripp's listing all the adventures he's had because he doesn't want to because he's dying. Oh, yeah, he thinks he's dying and he's like doing a final like like one of Malcolm's death notes, only more <laughs> like more meaningful because Trip actually tried everything before he died. All the places I've been in life that I never thought I'd I never thought I'd leave the swamp where I grew up. <laughs> where they found me as an orphan floating in a basket in the swamp. <laughs> I've been to the moon, Jupiter. Uh, where else? Hang on. I got a list here. Vulcan. Uh, that one planet, Con, that other Min, planet, Boomhauer. <laughs> and then I wrote down, I got pregnant once. And then he says, yep, I, I got that. pregnant once. He did write that. Yeah. yeah. Or he did he say actually that. Said, he actually said that. I, th- the thing is, that feels like a season seven, if they'd gone that far <laughs> thing, where you list all the crazy places your character's been before the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in the middle. We've only done one and a half seasons. It's not time to summarize his adventures just yet. <laughs> <laughs> the adventures of Trip Tucker across the cosmos. I mean, he's had, we just mentioned this, he's had more crazy shit happen to him than any other individual in the ship. Yep. But he's still, we're, we're still just starting out, guys. That's because, God, he's just a big idiot. Yeah, but when you're pitching your, your crazy idea, uh-huh. when you're pitching any any kind of dumb, somebody's hand goes invisible, somebody gets pregnant who's a man, and yeah, the immediate thought is, well, who's the best person to do this? Trip. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You don't I want mean, to do it to Malcolm. No, he would just nice if, uh, he would just run away. Travis got something to have happen to him. Who? The other guy. 
Who? Not Malcolm. Uh, not Archer. Mm, the other guy. You know, go, ghost Fox? stories, practical jokes. Yeah, that guy. Mm, it's not ringing a bell. Uh, yeah, I know. Is he Is he a guest star? Is he one of those like interchangeable crewmen that we sometimes see? I think, he's in the see? I think oh. he was in a cameo in the next episode. Yeah. Um, was he? It's not ringing a bell. Okay, you you said Travis. Did you mean Trip? I did not mean Trip. Because I meant Trip. T names. There's three guys that aren't Archer and Flux. So no. he's the third chef. Guy. You're talking about chef. No. <laughs> Hello there, children. <laughs> no, not that chef. <laughs> Just chef. <laughs> I I I think we forgot to mention this last. I think it was last week where we got to see Chef from yep. the waist down. Oh really? I like yeah. at this point he's he's basically like uh like uh, Vera Norm's wife on Cheers mm-hmm. or I know they did it on Frasier as well with Maris. some character. Yeah. Yeah. Or the neighbor in Home Improvement. Wilson. Like there's a there's a long tradition of a character who everyone talks about but you never actually get to see. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I like that that's Chef now. He's not a figment of someone's imagination because we have seen him. Yep. But we're never going to see his face. I just love that he, we didn't mention this. He was just walking around in Chef whites. Yeah. There this was this was in the catwalk episode. Mm-hmm. When everyone's kind of dressed down because they're hunkering in for a for a week, you know, in in the sweaty, gross corner of the ship, and yeah, he's in his full chef outfit. I I kind of love that they hired this guy. Like the guy has no Starfleet training whatsoever. He's literally just a chef Archer likes. Yeah, that's Maybe he great. heard. He heard that Padma Lakshmi was around, and he wanted to make be ready. <laughs> <laughs> that must be it. All yeah, right, he did. It I was he I was informed she would too. be here. Oh, yeah. He just likes to grab people whether they've had the proper training or not. That's true. <laughs> you imagine him in a, in, with a French accent, Matt. An elaborate French accent. Of course. He's basically René Abajouis in uh, Little Mermaid. <laughs> I think, think I got this outrageous accent. <laughs> I was informed that she would be here this week, and then she spent the entire time with Trip, who I hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good cartoon French accent. I I don't think I've used that in anything. I'm I'm putting that in my back pocket. You're playing. Uh, you know French me. Just 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 call. Yep. Oh, I will. I'll call. Look forward to a famous French chef showing up on Contentment Corner. Yeah, it could very well be. Sacre bleu. He can be Aaron's brother. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, no. Tedra. Nope, I'm good. Okay. We're running a little short. I just want to make sure we're not like... We've been running a little short lately with Enterprise. Well, this was just such a... Not a very much of an episode. It, yeah, I, it's because there's like... When there are new things to say, we keep talking for the full hour, but I, we can only talk about the same plots different ways so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not much more to say. Uh, what do you got for an alternate title, Tedro? Enemy Catfish. That's pretty good. Matt, what do you got? Florida man fights giant lizard over car parts. That, that's more of a headline than a title. <laughs> it works. It's yeah, great. but the headline is the title of the news article. So where the newspaper comes spinning at the camera. Yeah, of course. That's headlines do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Spinning newspaper um, kills tw- t- kills twenty. <laughs> I went with one in a row. The train diplomat chronicles. Because <laughs> don't never forget. Jonathan Archer is a trained diplomat. Oh yeah. Um, I don't I don't want to spoil too much from a t- newer iteration of Star Trek, but Archer is mentioned as one of the best captains. Oh, this doesn't spoil anything. There's a list that comes up of captains we all know to be great mm-hmm. and also Archer. Yep. 
It's like Christopher Pike, uh, Robert April, who was uh, uh, half-assed canonically in the animated series. And then um, Matt Decker, who hadn't gone crazy yet nope. from the Doomsday Machine. And then Jonathan Archer. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. No. Like, he must get better in his old age. Mm, no. Archer just seems to keep clinging on to being relevant. I somehow made it we're through still all, talking about Archer in the, the 23rd century. Yeah, he made it through the 09 movie. Uh-huh. That's true. And just like, <laughs> no, the only and, thing that's still canonical. Yeah, well, that's because when the Kelvin came, it r- erased everything just before the original series. So, yep. I want. I I wonder if Discovery is still. Hmm. That's that that bookmark that. We got to talk about that another time. That's a good supplemental. Uh, I got to look at the timeline, but I think the like the Kelvin thing happened after Discovery, maybe. No, because it happened. The Kelvin happened when Kirk was being born. Oh, that's true. And Kirk Kirk's would still around. Yeah, like, that's true. In that's Discovery. True. Damn it. Because I was hoping we squeezed in another prequel that now also counts. But yeah. No, apparently not. Nah. What I was hoping is that Tilly could exist somewhere. Aw, Tilly. Yeah. She should exist everywhere. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. But especially here. <laughs> hanging out with me. My I'm a little friend. embarrassed to admit this, but it took me a long time to realize why they had disco written on their shirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I want shirts for us that say post-a-toe. <laughs> In that same font. Uh-huh. And people will say, "What? That you spelled potato wrong. No. No, we didn't. It <laughs> now, if you excuse me, I have to run somewhere. I, have to be, I want to be captain someday. Yep. All right. Move. Oh, I got a quote also. Yeah, right. This? Oh, this is uh, Trip is um, trying to, he's trying to bamboozle this alien. He's trying to, like, they're they're tricking each other home alone style back and forth for a while, which yeah. is cute. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is it is legit entertaining to me. When when any engineer character is stranded somewhere and they engineer their like they they MacGyver their way out of things, I like that. Yep. yep. Like it shows their job day to day job in a new context, and I tend to like that. And uh, he records his voice to to trick the guy into thinking he's over here, and he says this. Which is weird. You'd think he'd say something like, the devil went down to Georgia. Or, <laughs> like, I don't know. What's another famous country song? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. Friends in low places. There you go. I got friends. Oh, he's definitely a Garth Brooks fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> For sure. He li- he can line dance with the best of them. Oh, Absolute, absolutely baffled by Chris Gaines, though. <laughs> They're not what? the same guy. They, they can't be. That, that, that don't make sense. What is he, his cousin or something? But then after they go to the mirror universe, then he's like, oh, I get it now. Ah, now I understand. Your story checks out, Chris Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always count on you to remember the existence of Chris Gaines because I blocked that out of my head. But yep. uh, this is not the first time you've reminded me that that happened. <laughs> Listen, I'm here uh, for a reason. Uh, well, there's, there's more than that. <laughs> I don't know anyone else who could have held on to this fucking bucking Bronco as long as I have. <laughs> it's amazing what you can accomplish when you just show up. <laughs> I'm, that's what I've been saying all along about every. That's how you get things done. Yep. Just keep just showing. Keep up. showing up. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Although typically, in my experience, things get easier as you go. You, you would uh, think this is the opposite of that. <laughs> it got a little rough, then pretty good, then great, 
then kind of bad, then real bad. <laughs> then it got real dark, then it got real loud, then it got real quiet. <laughs> then I punched him two times. Oh, there's a deep callback. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Matt Robotham describes a fight. <laughs> All right, uh, time to move on. I know we're stalling for some reason. <laughs> we all hated it, but we're all going to have a lot to say. Yep. This, this will be a, a heated discussion, and even though we're all in agreement, we're still going to be yelling. Tidro, why don't you why don't you set the stage and tell us what happened in Stigma? Hey guys, Sheila T here with another free Enterprise review for you. So remember that time T'Pol got mind raped in one of mind raped in one of the worst episodes of Enterprise ever? Well, it turns out she got a life threatening disease from that Vulcan hippie guy. Man, Enterprise really doesn't have a handle on Vulcans, does it? Anyway, this disease only happens to gross emotional Vulcans who mind melt. So some sharply dressed Vulcan docs won't help Flock's research treatments. But it also turns out that the baby Vulcan doc is a secret gross mind melder, so he secretly helps T'Pol. T'Pol is still going to lose her job because she has a debilitating condition and everyone wants her to relive her original trauma so that she won't have, so they don't have to immediately fire her since it wasn't really her fault she got mind raped. She's able to convince Archer, at least, to not push her to do this, but the young Vulcan doc outs her as being a mind-rape victim, and then himself as a gross mind-melder anyway, so he's going to probably lose his job now. Meanwhile, there is kind of a cute subplot about how Trip doesn't understand polyamory. Maybe Phlox and one of his hot wives should explain it to him in terms of catfish. That's all for this week, folks. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. <laughs> and give us a review on iTunes. Yeah, please do that and, and do a, thumb, a thumbs up or what is it now? A heart? I don't fucking know. It's a lightning bolt. Yeah. Well, this this deserves less than that. Oh, God. Okay, so. <clears throat> this one is infamous. This Can we... one is a bunch of listeners have chimed in and said there's a horrible AIDS episode coming up. You yeah. guys enjoy that. So. so this one, little backstory. This one was apparently written, I guess, like NBC had like. AIDS, was, uh, like the, HIV uh, Awareness uh, Week, it was. UPN, yes. UPN, right, okay. UPN had uh, HIV Awareness Week where they, like, everyone sat down and watched the video and were sort of, it was implied that it would be nice if everyone did, like, a uh, like an AIDS episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what our guy. This is what our guys fucking come up with. This is what happens when you tell Rick Berman to make an episode about how AIDS is bad. Okay, who can we make the victim? Uh-huh. Well, obviously, it's like what we were just talking about. Okay, something goofy happens. Who do we use? Trip. Okay, something gross and sexually victimizing happens. Who do we use? Well, T'Pol, obviously. Uh-huh. Before you even get the sentence out. Yeah. I mean, that's what she's there for, right? Uh-huh. I can just, I can just see them so perfectly in my mind, just like, well, fuck, man, we did that uh, that great episode about how sexy it was when she got mind raped. Let's just come back to that and say she got a disease from it. Uh, they're 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 retroactively ruining mind melding also, which was uh-huh. a, which was a big staple of one of the if not the most famous character in all of Star Trek. And uh-huh. now it's just turned into this gross thing. Yeah, and it's sad. I I did originally like the idea of mind melding being this fringe thing that had been lost that only oh, yeah. a few people remembered how to do. That was kind of cool, and it came. But then back they turned into it into like this this ham fisted metaphor for yeah. for being gay. Like fuck you. Well, yeah, these uh, these people don't, aren't born this way. They choose to do this, and therefore, they deserve what they get. And it's a disgusting, deviant habit, and we refuse to help p- find a cure for them. Yeah. 
Because if there's one thing we know about Vulcans is that they do not approve of anything that they personally don't agree. That's the that's the that's the overriding Vulcan philosophy, Al. Well, here's here's your bad thing. Why don't you why don't you tell us, Matt? Why don't you wind up? Take a deep breath. You got a lot of words to say here. This show makes me so tired. I've been watching Star Trek for a long, long time. Like even before we did Pa, I've been watching this show for almost as long as I've been alive. I know this. Well, we universe. started we started doing Pa because we both loved Star Trek, which means we'd already watched a bunch of it. Sure. Yeah, but like I know this universe. I know this universe better than I know the current universe. <laughs> Probably not the Marvel universe. I know the Marvel universe better. And I hate what this show is doing to that universe. I have talked extensively about how much I hate the way Enterprise portrays Vulcans. They have to be the bad guy because that somehow makes us humans better. And that makes me so sick because Vulcans are so important to Star Trek. The most famous character in Star Trek is half Vulcan. And the man that portrayed that Vulcan worked his fucking ass off to build a culture for that character that makes sense and was unique and beautiful. And as the series and the universe went on, talented writers built on that character. DC Fontana, Diane Duane, Tim Russ, all of these people working together to make Vulcans a real legitimate culture. And Enterprise is not interested in that at all. And it makes me so fucking angry. These smug, petulant, arrogant, prejudiced assholes that show up every week to just frown at Everything that happens aren't the Vulcans that form the Federation. They're these bigoted monsters that Scott Bakula can yell at so that he can be a hero. It's such a waste, and I'm so sick of seeing it every week. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations means just that. The universe is a vast place full of billions of people doing different things. That is beautiful. That is Star Trek. More old white dudes with bad haircuts frowning at things isn't. Whoa. Well said. Matt, take a breath. I'm worried you're going to have a brain em- embolism. <laughs> I think the episode gave him one, but <laughs> he channeled it into that. Very, this, very well said. This mate, this. Ooh. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. This was my attitude going in was yeah. I remembered the Vulcans. Be- I never made it this far. I didn't know it got this bad, but I knew the Vulcans were, were you know, demonized. And I, yeah, you're right. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense given everything we know about these characters so far. It's like. And. All of these episodes of, like, fucking, go back and watch Sarek. Yeah. One of the best episodes of all of Star Trek. Yeah. It's beautiful. It takes, like, a wonderful character who's not a fucking prick who just is utterly disdainful of people, but, like, a real, like, interesting character facing a horrible disease. Yeah. Yeah. And then watch this. No, and look at Spock's whole arc over the course of the series and the movies. Over the course learns. of all of the se- like, that yeah. character's arc just finished. Well, that's true, but he di- his character didn't change that much in the in the Abrams movies. Like I would disagree. Him- I would uh, I would disagree with that actually. See, what, no, let me let me finish though. What I think is when we catch up with him in the first movie, that's the end of his arc right there. That's the the last step in his journey is mm-hmm. I have accepted my human half. I, I understand that I have emotions. I don't think he changed any any more after that. No. What but that but we were seeing him in the last step of that journey. Yeah, no, I the, in Trek 2009. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But okay. where it's like all the stuff I learned, which is one of the reasons we loved that movie is because it understood the character. Yeah. And they said, okay, everything that he's learned to this point, like, would be summed up, like, in his old, when he's old, he's not so, like, worried about presenting as Vulcan or human or whatever. He's like, you know what? I'm half human. I got emotions. I had emotions if I was full Vulcan anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this, this, I'm going to react to things. Yeah. 
And but but also Vulcan's basic philosophy is built largely on Buddhism, and the cornerstone of Buddhism is compassion. Yeah, these should be compat like they should be cold because they're they they're not logic or you know they're not emotional they're logical. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they don't care. They just don't show it. No, these are yeah. also supposed to be like the smartest guys in the universe spreading right. out over the universe to find what's out there. And like, they're, they're they're vegetarians. Life clearly matters to them. Yeah. Yeah. But this whole, this philosophy of just like, oh, Yeah. But I mean, even logically, they're scientists and they've been presented with a puzzle. Yeah. They would want to solve that puzzle. Now, these Vulcans are not scientists in the sense that we understand them, because what they have also canonically said was they don't explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is fucking the stupidest fucking thing this show, easily the stupidest fucking thing this show showed us. They only said it out loud once, but it comes up a lot sort of in the background because T'Pol's always, like early on especially, was like, why do you want to go look at this planet? We've already looked at that planet. <laughs> yeah, but we want to look at it now. Yeah, but why would you want to? Because curiosity. Yeah. And it, she didn't understand that. Curiosity is not really an emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And these guys, these guys, like, I, I know what they did. They jammed this ham-fisted allegory into this framework, which then changed the Vulcans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they, the reason they made them this way is so it could tell this story, which was garbage anyway. Like, yeah. My bad thing is, Star Trek, we've mentioned this over and over and over again, has this reputation for addressing the important issues and being, like, being at the cutting edge of talking about social issues that no one will talk about. You know what? That is wrong. They do it occasionally, and they suck at it almost every time. There are, of the 700 episodes we've watched so far, I can name maybe five exceptions. And probably thirty examples of it going wrong. Yeah, like no, it's yeah. bad. If you take if you if you take AIDS out of it and just make it sexually transmitted diseases, this is a serious, actual, real world problem. Mm-hmm. Some crazy high number. I was looking up. Of course, I was doing research. That's not um, bad. Yeah, um, something like forty eight percent of people who get raped end up with this some kind of sexually transmitted disease because of it. Yeah, and that's the thing people don't talk about a lot. Yeah. When you told me that, I was like, I, that makes total sense. I have never heard that statistic before. Yeah, and it's like worse in some countries than uh, like others, depending yeah, on sense. the, you know, societal yeah, structure. Ra- rapists don't use protection. Exactly. So that makes sense. Yeah. So this is a huge, serious problem that they're just saying, well, no, we don't care about. I mean, this is, this is just not getting into it at all. It's. It, it, well, what they uh, want us to do is feel good bad for T'Pol because her society doesn't accept the, you know. Yeah, that's my my bad thing is that everyone is trying to convince T'Pol that she needs to relive her violation. Oh, God, this made me so angry. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to do this. I will give them partial credit. I liked what, I liked T'Pol's stance. Yeah. Which was, I am not a voluntary melder. I am not these people they hate. And if they knew I got raped, they would treat it differently. But I'm not going to tell them that because it's none of their fucking business. That part I liked. Well, she doesn't want to throw, she doesn't want to like throw everyone else under the bus that's doing it voluntarily. Uh, That, that, that makes it noble. Yes. But also the fact that it's none of their business. It is none of their business. Makes it like, like she's in the right 100%. I just wish she wouldn't have to go through this. Yes. But Archer, I liked her character in this. Yeah. Archer did eventually come around to it, but it didn't matter. It took him fucking long enough. Yeah, but Archer's the guy who's there to defend her. Yeah. Again, for the second time. Yeah. That's how the rape episode ended, was he had to go defend her. It takes away all of her agency to say, she's been victimized, and now this dude has to fix it. Yeah. That's not cool. It's really not, no. <laughs> but again, I do like her character standing her ground. That part of it, 
It doesn't make the episode worth it at all. No. No. But it makes me respect to Paul a little more. Yeah. That part I liked. Uh, what else? Do you guys manage to find some good things? Haven't I written Deidre? enough today? <laughs> Come on now. Deidre, what do you got? There's a lot of great costumes. Uh, the Vulcan doctors had some super sharp outfits. Oh, yeah, there was some good-looking Vulcans in this one. Yeah, and uh, Fiesel had some really cute outfits. We'll, we'll get into that. I think we should finish talking about yes. the, the A-plot first. We'll, yes. we'll circle back to that for sure. That's yes. uh, Flox's wife that you mentioned. Yeah. Yep. Fiesel Flox. Fiesel Flox. <laughs> Zaphod Fiesel Flox. <laughs> what a guy. Uh, Matt, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, the rum and coke I drank while I watched this episode was exceptionally good. That doesn't count. What kind of rum was it? Uh, what am I drinking? Kraken, Captain Morgan. It's one of the two. Okay, well, Kraken's okay. <laughs> Some kind of pirate like a spiced rum. rum, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's what I thought. You seriously couldn't find one single thing. No, this thing sucked. <laughs> the only good thing to... about this episode is your is your good thing, and I'll second that one. Uh oh yeah okay. Well let's let's make sure we've we've gnawed all the meat off of this bone before we move on to the other yeah. thing. Yeah, let me is, is there anything other than this main horrible, terrible plot to talk about before we mm. get to the f- more fun thing? Yell a lot in my notes again. Yeah, me too. Uh, once again, there's only one food on Vulcan. Plomeek soup is the only kind of food there is. Yep. Like, every time we see an alien culture, they have one food. The, the Bajorans have Hasperat, the uh, Klingons have Gach. Like, they don't ever come up with a second food. Well, no. One's good enough. <laughs> That's fine. Everyone on the planet eats one food. Yep. Canar. Yep. Uh, what else? Anything? I just... At all? Uh, no, let's get on to the fun part. Okay. Um, so yeah, my good thing is mm-hmm. the, the B-plot, which Tidro already mentioned in her summary, which is Flox's, one of Flox's wives. We've already talked about the fact that he had several wives. Each of his wives have different husbands, and those in turn have different wives. Like, everyone on Tenoblia is married to everyone else. Yeah. And in elaborate ways. And she finds Trip attractive and is hitting on him in Flox's presence, which makes Trip uncomfortable. And Flox is like, hey, man, get in there. She has yep. got a, what, what I refer to in my notes as Trip fever, a disease I am myself quite familiar with. <laughs> She was great. She yeah. was oh, like, God, she was great. She was written well. The performer was great. She clearly took some uh, cues from the guy who plays Flocks. Like, there were some very specific mannerisms that he mm-hmm. does that she also did, which I loved. And she was super smart. She was. But it was it was really fantastic. Good. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the, the I'm talking about the actor, not yeah. the character, but also the character, yes. Yeah. It, but, like, there was a lot of things that, I think it's John Billingsley that plays yeah. Flocks. is that right? Yeah. That, like, little facial tics he does, little expressions, and little, th- just, she was kind of copying him but not obviously copying him it yeah. was it was great and she that's not the most flattering makeup but she came off as a little sexy i thought yeah no i'd agree with that she looked great yeah, yeah. and they dressed her well which comes back to the other part of your yeah, good her thing costume, her, her star trek doesn't always do civilian wear well at all but Ever? she had some great outfits. Yeah. Yeah. That might not have been civilian wear, too. She was there in the capacity of a researcher, so she might have been that's, dressed for casual day at work. Yeah. That's, that's her That's her business casual outfit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that, the other side of this coin, though, is once again, we have that human-centric aliens do stuff differently and we don't approve of it. And mm-hmm. he's just like, but, but how can a wife have another husband? That doesn't make sense. Well, dude, there are people on Earth who do this now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that weird. Yeah. Dude, you live he, in Florida. Like, you've never seen this before? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and the person he goes to for advice oh. is Malcolm. Yeah. Of all people. 
who, by the way, of course, his first reaction is, I thought she was very attractive. Of course. <laughs> Why did not get some of that? What a bum. Yep. Get in there uh, and, and break your dick off in that one. And they seem to think that she's some sort of property because he's like, oh, God, I should tell Phlox about this. Yeah, yeah. she belongs to Phlox. I, she's misbehaving. What? <sighs> no. And Phlox, like, it's not weird for them. No. And he encourages it. Phlox is so great in that scene. There's some good directing where he's like the uh, uh, Trip and Feasel are in the foreground, uncomfortably flirting, mm-hmm. and Flox is in the background, not looking gross about it, just looking like, oh, that's sweet. Yep. Yeah, go for it, man. I think he feels like he would, you know, he he would be able to be like he would have something in common with Trip. He could be in, buddies with in, Trip. Yeah. In their culture, I believe that makes them related somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Like their their step husbands, or I don't know how what they would call it, but that they they are now sort of family. Yes. It's Eskimo brothers is the term. I think that's probably problematic now. <laughs> Inuit brothers, maybe. Sorry yes. to any uh, Eskimo listeners. It's sorry, it, it's sorry. it's butterfly brothers. Yeah, butterfly there you go. brothers. Oh, they, the the uh, Denobrians do this like super cute thing when they see each other. Uh, flocks and feeble feasel flocks. Mm-hmm. Um, they do this little <laughs> sniffing thing. They sniff yeah. each other. Oh yeah, and, and naturally, then we cut to the reaction shots of the humans going. Aliens are weird. Ugh. Stop it, guys. Well, normally when people sniff each other in shows, it's kind of gross. It is. But, but with them, it was well, really cute. People smell terrible, so. Well, yeah, I mean. The... What are you, a Vulcan? Yes. Humans stink. Do you get it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was. I thought the tones did not match. I know what they were trying to do, which is balance the heavy stuff with some lighter stuff. But it really was like. I was watching two different shows at this it point. It was. It was definitely, like, looking back, I'm like, no, this was in the same show, and I mean, I just yeah. watched it. So, um, but it I can see bizarre. them writing, like, a draft of the, the, the HIV thing and saying, oh, this needs something lighter. I mean, the issue here is that you've got an HIV metaphor combined with a sex romp. That's true. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. literally Trip running away from a, wo- from a woman who's trying to seduce him. A man. Is <laughs> it? Maybe they should have had Flox tell, you know, give Trip a a, a, dis- a a little speech about how he should use protection when he fucks his wife. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> what do you? I didn't mean to use bad language there. Oh, no. Yeah, we certainly never talk like that here on the Post-Atomic Horror. <laughs> have you met me? <laughs> You've met him and met him and met him. Yeah. I'm certain that that, that long, passionate, bad thing had a couple of fuck words. In it. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Things I'm not angry about do. Yeah. No, it's just the the idea of polygamy is not that unusual for humans, but also no. really, guys, come on. Yeah, seriously, polygamy, polyamory, all of that is just relatively normal. If you're if you're, you know, if you can handle it psychologically, then it's fine. But like if if everyone involved thinks it's okay, then it's okay. Yeah, I feel like Flox has talked about this a lot. He, he has. This is not a secret. No. Yeah. No, I think he may have only talked about it with Archer. Maybe Trip didn't know. But all he had to do was talk to Archer for a second yeah. and find out. Didn't he, like, literally introduce her as one of his wives? He yes, did. that did happen. <laughs> no, and then, the he, and then he immediately started asking about how his other wives were doing. Uh, that's true. That, 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 that did happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm super interested in how all that works, honestly. Like, I'd, yeah. I'd love to read or, like, see an episode or read a book or whatever about more into that. But Tidro looking into it because we discovered that Fiesel's la- actual last name is Flox. She's Fiesel Flox. We realized Dr. Flox does not have a first name. Nope, he's just Flox. 
But for some reason, she has to take his last name. Okay. But not the last name of any of her other husbands. Maybe no, they she should have like a she should have a multi hyphenate name probably yeah like Donovan Sorrentino Takahashi von Schmidt maybe they only have one name and like she just like the female just adds the male's name that could but be the, but she, she has three other husbands yeah that's a good point no I think I think the Enterprise writers are so lazy this this theory applies like it fits the most that this main character in the main credits for ninety eight episodes doesn't have a first name. Yep, that's exactly what it was. They didn't even bother giving him a, f- a whole name. His first name is Doctor. Good enough. <laughs> I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. His first name is Philip. Philip Flocks. <laughs> Philip J. Flocks. Yeah. Goes with Fiesel Flocks. Well, that would be okay. Mm-hmm. Phil Flocks. Um, I bet because they they uh, he says he specifically mentions four a bunch of times. He's like, I have four wives, and she, each of my wives have four husbands. Maybe that's the magic number. Maybe it's like you you need four mates for whatever reason. Yes, but I bet like if you, I bet it's a super taboo on their planet to have a fifth wife. Right, that's what I mean. Like yeah, it's, <laughs> like we think a couple is the correct thing. Well, they think four. You know, I don't have any problem with. No, I think I, I broadly, broadly as a species, yes. I'm saying it's if, becoming more common. The way the way Star Trek works yeah. is a, a cult, like a planet is defined by their the, one thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've it, never seen a polyamorous human, as far as I know, yeah. uh, except Loxana Troy, I guess. Trip, oh, she's not human; she's Beta. Yeah, yeah. Trip, Trip just flips out. He just does oh, yeah. not know what to do. What was it? Caitlin said, "Trip flips his shit." <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> Put that on a shirt, too. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> uh, what else? Anything? Uh, my favorite line in the entire... This would have been my quote, uh, is when Trip goes to a... Pol- like, basically just to let Flocks know what's going on, and he's like, your, your wife's been making advances at me. <laughs> and Flocks goes, sexual advances? Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Now, there's a bunch of suggestive stuff in here uh-huh. that actually is your real quote, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. You- You're going to have to help me with this one. It's very simple. Insert the thick end into this opening. It'll automatically program the frequency. You can pull it out now. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and that's technically we're taking it out of context, but I'm pretty sure it was deliberately meant to oh, be yeah. a little, you know, a little sexy sound. Uh-huh. All right, Matt, what do you got for an alternate title? What do I got for an alternate title? Uh, seven Brides for Seven Denobulans. Deno- That's pretty good. What about you, Tidro? Uh, this is this is uh, referring to, to Paul. Uh, once, twice, three times a victim. Quite good. And mine was Ham-Fisted Tales of Space Allegory. In space! Uh-huh. <laughs> really, that could also apply to... Any number of other episodes. I should have just gotten my uh, alternate title for the Omega Directive. Wait, no. (laughs) The Omega? No, no, Omega Directive. You're thinking of the Yanks and the... No, that's not the right one. I think that's the Voyager episode, the Omega Directive. I think it was the Omega Glory. That's what it was. That's it. Okay. Damn it. Every time I do this. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tidro, you have things you could tell people to check out. Why don't you tell tell the people what those are? I will. Um... If you need any cosplay horns or cute pop culture soaps, including Star Trek soaps, you can go to bunnybubbles.com or bunnybubbles.etsy.com and you will find all of the cute things that I make. And she, I take commission, so. 
she also has recently gotten into, um, if you saw this last season of Fargo, there's this great episode with a little animated robot. Yeah, it's Minsky. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's a fantastic episode. And she has made a little model of the robot. Actually, Amanda bought one. <laughs> so we have one in our home and it is delightful. He <laughs> yeah, can help. Are, he can help. It's, it's fun to make those. those yeah, but really that's a fun. current thing you're doing right yes, now. Yes, I am. So. And, and as you say, pop culture stuff, like if anything that occurs to you that is cute. I will make it. And ends up becoming a thing. Yes. So I'm surprised you don't make a Cadet Tilly doll yet. Ooh. With big put, curly red hair. You put the oh, bug in now. Yep. I may have to make, <laughs> make a Tilly Barbie. There you go. All right. Uh, well, that's all for this time. As ever, the website is postomachor.com. The email address, postomachor at Gmail. Uh, what else? Uh, at Algar, at Robot Matt. Oh, yeah, on the Twitter. Uh, sometimes get a hint of what we're going to say on the show because we're yelling early. <laughs> because Matt's drunk again. <laughs> I usually get to mine before Matt, so sometimes I'll give him a heads up. Hey, brace yourself for this one. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> or you'll like this one. I'll show him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually right. Uh-huh. I can usually guess what you're going to like. I was wrong this time, but I'm usually right because we've been doing this. This is episode 341. Mm-hmm. And we do two episodes. We used to do three episodes at a time on occasion. So I feel like I got a pretty good handle on it at this uh-huh. point. Uh-huh. But, I, you know, I get it. I get you have a val- very valid uh, criticism. You would have liked it if it wasn't, Yep. you know. No, I, look. Yeah. I'll take uh, I'll take more trip running around. Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, next week can't possibly be this bad, right? Next week, nice. I believe I will be recording with you. Yes, you will. You'll be here in my house. Yeah. So look forward to that. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, my! Since we're basically already talking about it, let's uh, briefly mention we have a point-and-click adventure game coming out soon. Oh, that's right. It is a free-to-play game. Uh, it's not out just yet. It will be out, I think, before the end of the year, if not at the very first of next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason Matt's coming here is so he can finish recording uh, the voice stuff that he has in it. All the voice actors we've used in our other projects are in it. Um, and it is based on our Nick and Willikens characters. Um, if you're a long-running fan of the crap we get up to, then you know them well. Yeah, but even if not, yeah. there's like it's a, it's a comedy-style, cartoon-style game, point-and-click game made by us, voiced, written by us, voiced by us and our mm-hmm. friends. Like it, there's there's a lot of great stuff. There's fantastic art in it. Uh, it's, it's worth your time. Um, if you go to uh, pinheadgames.com, you can check that out. There's also another free game that um, that my co-developer on that game is had just finished. It's a space game. It's more serious. Also free if you want to check that out. Uh, but that'll be coming soon, and we'll give you more details about that when that drops. But mm-hmm. uh, if you're interested in what me and Mac get up to, that that's a thing. So coming soon. Yeah. All right. That's all for this time. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.